Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. I'm Gabe Green, and today with the help of one of my fellow Outer Rim admins, we'll be talking about the latest episode of The Bad Batch. And today it is James. What's up, man? Nothing much. Excited to talk about this. I actually, I hadn't seen any of them until today. And so this morning I I caught up on the three released episodes. So I'm ready oh, for, nice. for all subsequent Fridays. Yeah, Um. so... If you um if you prefer to listen to to the audio version of this review, uh, you can find it on uh, me and James' podcast feed, uh, the Franchise Fatigue Podcast. We'll be posting all the audio from our bad batch uh, reviews on that feed. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the third episode, Replacements. This one is uh, written by Matt Mishnovets. Uh, he wrote the, he wrote the Umbara arc, uh, the Citadel arc from Clone Wars. Um, he co-wrote the original Bad Batch arc, and he's got like eleven Rebel episodes under his belt, so he's an old hand at this. Uh, and it is directed by uh, Nathaniel Villanueva. Uh, in this episode, actually, before we get to this episode, real quick, what are your thoughts overall on like the three episodes of the show you've seen? Uh, I'm really liking it, uh, and I'll I'll be honest, I I wasn't a huge fan of the bad batch arc from season seven mm-hmm. uh i thought it was it was fine it, it was cool to just have more clone wars episodes but I, the exaggerated personalities of the group initially and it like that was kind of, that kind of didn't do wonders for me uh and i felt like the the arc in in general was kind of i don't know a bit familiar like okay i know where this is going mm-hmm. they're gonna butt heads and blah 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 and so whenever the series is announced i was like okay i mean I'll, i'm sure i'll watch it and i guess i'll like it but I, i've really enjoyed it so far um i like the characterizations a lot more than i thought i would especially with like uh hunter and tech and stuff like it's it's a cool dynamic I, i'm enjoying it more than i thought i would based off of their their art from season seven yeah, I enjoyed that first arc. It was just like, oh, this is this is fun action Clone Wars. I love you know, you know, scrapping droids and all that. Um, but it, it wasn't it wasn't like mind blowing aside from like the Anakin stuff. That was interesting. Um, but the thing I've been saying this every episode, but the thing that really surprised me with this show is just how little it feels like that arc. Um, it's not it's not like the action focused thing I was expecting. It's it's really content to be kind of quiet and character focused and just explore the world, let the characters exist together and, you know, have their relationships slowly build. It, it's, it's not what I was expecting from the bad batch, especially yeah. if you've seen that episode, um, which I just find fascinating. Um, so as far as this particular episode, uh, the Bad Batch attempt to make repairs on their ship while stranded on a hostile planet. Meanwhile, Crosshair leads an experimental unit that combines clones and regular human soldiers to finish the Bad Batch's mission against Saw Gerrera. Um, and let's first talk about uh, that Crosshair side of the story, uh, because that's a lot dar- darker than I was expecting this show to go. Like, I, I shouldn't be surprised by how violent Lucasfilm animation is willing to be, but it always does. Yeah. It, it, you know, we, I guess technically before this, the last piece of animation we have is, you know, season seven of the clone wars, but it's still like the last full thing we had was resistance. <laughs> and so coming back to this, I'm like, Oh yeah, this was, we get to do this in these shows. I forgot about that. Like, 
there, even even in other shows when they go darker, uh, somebody will get shot, but we won't really see it. But like whenever the 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 pilot's trying to take off and the sniper just gets him through the cockpit, and you just it hits him in his chest and you see it and goes slack and they land like oh yeah this yeah. is this is uh this is Filoni's Clone Wars that's right yeah apparently the only line they draw is they don't let us see civilians being torched by flamethrowers everything else they'll show us but that's the lines <laughs> uh, yeah um so this. I think I find just the world building this show is giving us very interesting. We're having Tarkin come in and essentially evaluate the val- you know, the cost benefit and uh, cost benefit analysis on the entire clone program and whether it's worth continuing. We have a, a character. I don't know if he's a new character or like an EU character, uh, Admiral uh, Rampart. I hadn't heard of him before. Um, yeah, so he's coming in and he's. Got his own thing. He wants to like mix clones and recruits, you know, to make these elite fighting forces. And Tarkin's just kind of observing observing everything uh, creepily and uh, just trying to find the best route. Also, I like that there's like these various factions. So you have Rampart. He has his thing going. Tarkin is probably like miles ahead with his own plans. But also you have the Kaminoans who are kind of desperate to maintain relevance and secure their own position in the like they built this empire and now it looks like they're going to be kind of cast aside so they're trying to find a way to like how can they make the clones worthwhile for the for the for the empire um so but also there might be stuff going on like uh so like lama su is the leader um so he he's trying he wants it sounds I thought that was, I thought the the girl Nala is the other oh, one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, like very very similar names. Um What about Tanwei? <laughs> who's Tanwei? I don't she's the one that introduces them and attacks was, the clones I because I Nala always say. Okay. Uh, Cuz he says Tanwei is here. And yeah. for some reason that's like my most quoted line. <laughs> um yeah, so like it it sounds like they so they talk about Django Fett's DNA has like degraded past the point of usefulness now so they need a new donor I, I i can't tell from the dialogue whether they're talking about omega or the bad batch because they t- they sound like they need there's multiple options like they only need one yeah. which which seems like it would be a omega because she seems well normal <laughs> like the, the bad i it doesn't seem like the bad batch would be like they would want to make all the clones after like one of the bad batch they they, they seem to be more specialized so I'm, I'm wondering, are there more Omegas out there? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been wondering. Is like, what is, what is the purpose between, like, behind Omega? Why, why mm-hmm. are, what are they doing with with this character? Was this the plan? Yeah, uh, like, because uh, last episode, yeah, you had cut say like the Caminones don't create without a purpose. So like, yeah. so she has a purpose, possibly for a sensitive. I I don't. I don't think they'll go that route but there's like some there's some weird little hints happening there um but like she has some kind of special ability that we haven't seen yet or some maybe if not ability reason for existing also i'm wondering like you had uh nala say she let the bad batch escape i'm assuming to let omega escape so is she playing her own game apart from the rest of the kaminoans trying to protect her yeah i can't whenever she has her conversation with lama say i'm like are they on the same page? Is is she like just kind of going along with this, or is 
like oh well, i mean obviously there's some difference because she's like oh yeah they they escaped so clearly this is her helping there is not something that she wants him to be privy to so what exactly she wants out of this yeah but yeah it's um I, I, I like stories where you have all these different factions and each one has their own goals and maybe these two goals can align and they can work together for a while. Like, I, I'm I'm kind of hoping that we get an arc or, or maybe even the climax of the episode of the series is the Bad Batch working together with the Kaminoans, like the Kaminoans realizing that their future is not with the Empire, so maybe helping the Bad Batch. Like, I, I think like there could be some interesting alliances forming out of all this stuff. Um, yeah. And this is this is part of why I've been like so pleasantly surprised by the show is the the fun of wondering what it's setting up and where it's going. Like you've got Lamasu talking about like you know we've got to we've got to find a way to make ourselves relevant, but like mm-hmm. we know that clones are phased out. So what exactly their end is, I'm not sure. Um, and what like whether this rampart like whatever he's doing is ends up being what phases in i think he's gonna end like krennic (laughs) he's that kind of guy he's gonna create something and tarkin is gonna take if tarkin's career is just that that's fantastic i love that uh um he's too nice and and genial he's (laughs) he's not even gonna last as long as krennic um yeah so like that stuff's happening uh and oh my gosh, Crosshair is the creepiest dude ever. And Bra- uh, Bradley, uh, D. Bradley Baker's voice for Crosshair is the way good soldiers follow orders is just chilling. Um, like the the argument he has with the uh, the trooper who doesn't want to kill the civilians, <laughs> he just shoots him. I was not expecting that to go there either. You know, like right out the gate, seeing these uh, these new soldiers be subjected to these kinds of missions where like we're wearing clone armor and we're already like gunning down just mm-hmm. civilians which is interesting like that that's the that's the struggle you face with actual people is that they're people and they can make choices whereas well clones with inhibitor chips well clones can make choices but clones with inhibitor chips are you know unswervingly loyal you know and to every and, command and that was the only part of the episode or something that kind of revolves around that was the only part of what's going on that doesn't really track with Rampart's idea behind, uh, or at least one of his ideas behind oh. conscripting people was people who who choose of their own free will to do this. Those motivations will never, like... You can't, you can't match their loyalty or something? Yeah. Like, uh, no, you just had an entire <laughs> army turn on their generals for years. Like, yeah. you you're not going to get that. Programming. Yeah, um, yeah so... That that side of the is interesting, um, but then we go over to the the Bad Batch arc. Um, and <laughs> we get kind of a, a recreation of the uh, the the scene in the stomach of the space slug um, from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> like the framing of the dragon coming up on the windshield is like identical yeah. uh, to the the Minoc and Princess Leia. Um, I got a lot of different vibes. Like I definitely felt that when they're going around the ship, and then yeah, on the on the windshield. And then I got, um, it kind of reminded me of the, the episode with the big spiders and rebels, like going through the tunnels and stuff. Mm, or, yeah. Not or as even, scary, but. Yeah. yeah no. And then uh, just kind of reminded me of, 
her her interaction with the monster kind of reminded me of, of Ray with the snake from Rise of Skywalker, which is mm. for so often like the what we the action is we we kill the thing and we we leave and for for them to just kind of make peace with the animals and still which is another jedi trait mm. maybe she is force sensitive like she does she finds the she finds the other route and makes the trade for the part um i think one of my favorite running gags in the show is how tech is constantly not telling uh, the other other members of the team like vital information it's like i assumed you all i assumed you were all as smart obvious. as i am it was obvious like whatever um i, I really like tech a lot yeah he, another really really great voice um just his like his like i'm so much smarter than you voice um yeah and it's it's really interesting like usually you, in series where you have a child it's either like it's like oh the child they're kind of like sheltering the child it's like no i can do i can do more and like i oh, know we have to protect you but here like oh you want to come on this dangerous mission well you're part of the team <laughs> you come along um but I, I do like how she's talking about, you know, I'm part of the squad now, right? And, like, I guess she is. Well, <laughs> come on. And they're just kind of, they're just trying to include her um, in, you know, in in that. Uh, and, and Hunter's, like, really trying <laughs> to figure out how to, um, you know, how, how to integrate her. And, and it's happening, like, Hunter is trying to integrate her by bringing her on the missions and, and Wrecker is uh, trying to do so by giving her own room. Like they're just becoming this big, happy, you know, violent criminal family, uh, as they're as they're integrating her into the group. Um, yes, I, I messaged a, a chat we were both in, just saying like this is like the eighty seventh time Star Wars has done here. Look, it's it's the the father child dynamic. This is where every, like the drama is coming from. And it keeps working on me, so I'm like, okay, because I'm already, I'm already really invested in in this Hunter Omega, like yeah. father daughter thing going on. It's really, sweet. and that was something else. Like because I, I only watched, like caught up on everything today. I already knew Omega was a character. Like we've got this child female clone out there, and I had seen positive reaction to it, but I'm like, ah, man, why do we always got to bring kids into this? <laughs> and they're always annoying. I really like Omega a lot. Mm -hmm. Like. I they're, think, they're bypassing so many of the really annoying kid tropes. Yeah, like it feels like we're just getting, we're skipping all the stuff that most shows need to to have so that we can get this other thing. It was like, no, she's she's kind of cool. Like, I, I really, really like the, the vocal performance and hearing like her her Kiwi accent even stronger than theirs is um, um, Omega. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's it's a she's just a really fun presence in the show to me, which and, is and, very surprising and nice and highly competent. You know, like someone who grew up who grew up with a bunch of scientists would be, but also still a child, you know, who gets frightened in situations and like and it doesn't have like accumulated wisdom, but she's just she's she's clever, um, yeah. and motivated. And, and I, I let I like that it lets her have both of those things where it there is the moments of her doing something right and doing something smart and then getting off the ship and like kicking around dirt because she's never seen it before. Mm -hmm. Like it's her. her it's, it's speaking fun. of dirt, her always copying uh, uh, Hunter. <laughs> like he picks up the dirt and you know and tracks it. Then she comes by and picks it up and looks at it. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. 
Um, but also her interactions with a wrecker. I, I, I love this big dumb man child. <laughs> we're all gonna die. We're all gonna be fine. <laughs> it's like the most obvious joke, but the look on his face is his mouth is wide open. About like in mid scream as he's looking down at her. Uh, it's just great. And she's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. So he was a character that. I actually wasn't a super big fan of both in the original arc and then even a, a little early on here where like I like aspects about him, but he's one of those things where like the personality is so big and so loud and he's so dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> is this what we have just complete? Like, is this what, what the character is? But what I've, what this last episode especially has been doing that has really been softening me on him was his interactions with uh, Omega where, you know, it starts off with him taking up or taking her up on her offer for the food. And then Hunter <laughs> be like, she's the only one with it about uh, without a bed. And now she's going to be the only one without food. Like, no, you can't do this. And Hunter, who is already trying to learn how to be this like adoptive father, teaching Wrecker how to be this adoptive uncle is just like, it's fun. And, and then seeing that culminate with him, make her room i was like so sweet this is so nice he's such a good dumb dude (laughs) yeah so yeah by the end of this i'm like i'm just having good vibes from everybody i like this yeah um and i'm liking that uh it seems like echo is kind of the grumpy one now he's finding his place i guess now that crosshair is out off the team (laughs) they could have him as the grumpy guy and uh, i like that um oh but back to wrecker um and they open with uh, Tech f- creating a device to scan their uh, inhibitor chips. And Wrecker hits his head on the way on the crash landing. Um, and then he spends like half the episode with a, with like a headache and he's holding his head right there over the inhibitor chip. Yeah. Um, so maybe that'll go off. And that, that's actually scary. Like something yeah. as like if Wrecker going crazy on that little ship, like if that happens, that, that's going to be intense. Um, and it'll be terrible because I love him. <laughs> um, so like I I don't know what they're setting up with that, but there's something happening. That was something else that I really liked was by the end of it, I'm like, wait a second, nobody ever really talked about that. And so it's like, I'm like oh yeah, this clone like we kind of got story arcs, we do setups. We're we're doing longer longer form stuff where we'll introduce ideas without paying it off until later. Uh, yes. So it's, it's exciting to have all of these different running threads. And speaking of structuring, this feels much more like Rebels than Clone Wars. Like Clone Wars yeah. was very strictly either single episodes or arcs. Um, whereas this is, it's, you know, each episode has its own self-contained story, but, you know, they're very clearly leading to the next one. It's, it's just one overarching story, which is interesting. They're kind of taking the, the structure from Rebels with the style from Clone Wars. Um, yeah, I don't mean even almost doubling down with this like family in a ship kind of thing. Yeah, going on odd jobs. Eventually, yeah. eventually they'll get to the you know the, the mercenary and odd jobs and whatnot we've seen from the uh, from the teasers. All right, so anything else you want to mention about this episode? Uh, so last last couple things. First one is not specifically this episode, but just the show. But I gotta say it because I wasn't on the first ones. The show is gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. I love getting more of like it was it was like watching season seven of the clone wars when i have i'm like oh my gosh we only got one season and this is the best it's ever looked like this yeah and so having it look just so nice again especially in the first episode with the snow and with like 
with the the shot of Caleb ju- like jumping over the thing. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so cool in the lighting and the the dust particles and it it really looks great. Yeah, you you can tell it has a slightly a smaller budget than season seven, just mainly just because it's smaller, like the scale is smaller, but they're not they're not compromising on the quality of animation at least. So yeah. It's not obvious. Uh, it's only just when you, when you think about how big season seven could get. Um, the other thing that is more, I mean, it's kind of what this, it's kind of been the, the vibe of the really, especially the, the second episode, but it feels like it's also just what we're seeing with this whole season is uh, I, I wanted this era to be explored and I'm so glad that we're seeing it with this transition between the Republic to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this thought, so, you know, like for most people who just watch the movies, you know, they, they'll watch the prequels and then we jump the two decades into the original trilogy. And for me, the the war against the Empire has taken on so much new meaning after Rebels and Solo and Rogue One. And so like it this whole era just feels so fleshed out and meaningful. And it's cool. I like whenever I forgot the name of the planet that um what's his name? The the deserter was on. Silicon. Yes. Um like just seeing, you know, we're we're barely we're I don't know, a weekdays, however many out from the the declaration of the empire and we're already seeing the republic or what was the republic kind of look like the empire that we know and and that location started to feel like like lothal or something mm-hmm. like we've we spent so many episodes of rebels just kind of like walking down these city streets with like these big holograms of imperial guys being like oh and we've done this for you and blah 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 and like there's always armed so armed clone troopers or stormtroopers walking around like it's just seeing seeing people that are still technically in clone trooper armor start behaving like the stormtroopers and patrolling the areas and and watching the first grips of this kind of like imperial oppression mm-hmm. i've always wanted to see that on screen uh and I'm, I'm just hyped that we're finally getting to see this this transitionary period yeah and, and cut and run was able to give us like a ground level citizens view of like what would this mean yeah. for the your average citizen for the world to change like this like all of a sudden e- even like the to gritty details like in, like transitioning to imperial credits and stuff and mm-hmm. it's yeah the chain codes and all that all right um so that's all for today i uh, hope you enjoyed this review of replacements and if you did uh come uh well like this video and subscribe to the outer rim a star wars channel on youtube but also come join us uh, on Facebook at the Outer Rim of Star Wars group. Uh, it's a group dedicated to positive and constructive uh, discussion on the Star Wars galaxy. Um, also, check out our podcast, Franchise Fatigue. Uh, we're going to be starting. We, we're, at, we're, we're right now. We're doing um, the uh, MCU uh, shows, the latest uh, MCU shows, and then we're going to be starting the Harry Potter series on our podcast. So, if that sounds interesting, come check us out there. Um, And we will see you next week uh, with episode four of The Bad Batch. See ya.